Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Fresh out the castle. I almost said jungle then, Darren. And the one and only Darren Fletcher. Darren, things seem to have kick-started in my stomach. I'm eating properly, kind of. And in 10 days, I put on the grand total of £2. <laughs> See, I could do that in about an afternoon. <laughs> I can't help you with lots of things, but I can help you with how to gain weight. <laughs> I saw you had date night the other night as well. You and Tess, you put the pictures up, which was... Slightly different to sharing a meal of testicles with Shane Ritchie, I noticed. Yeah, exactly. No, we, I took the, the gang out, the girls, uh, Tess, Amber and Phoebe, and we went out for something to eat, and it was really nice just to be able to sit and chat at a table that's dressed for you, food is brought to you, and all you've got to do is just chat and have a giggle and have a laugh. And obviously, having a teenager, it got a bit heated at times. I'm not sitting here! But, 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 we had an amazing time. It was superb. It really was. It was nice to be back. Yeah, living in, the, living in the tier three, I'm delighted you've been able to do that. I'm glad you had a night out and had a nice meal. And, and we were sat in a house strapped in with uh, armed guards patrolling the front to make sure we don't even walk down the drive to put the bin out after 11.30. So that's where we are. Oh, it's crazy. We're about to move into tier three on Saturday as we record this Friday morning. So it seems to be getting worse. But you know what? Bear with us, everyone. Well, when I say us, I, I mean... You know, let's do it as a collective. Let's kind of stick to the rules and, and let's get this thing done and dusted because it's now starting to annoy, I think, pretty much everyone, Darren. Are you getting that? Are you getting a sense of that in Nottingham? Well, it's annoying me. I can only speak for me. It's annoying me and it's annoying the people in my house. We were really hoping this week that there would be some kind of easing of the restrictions. And I just feel for, I just feel for the people at the moment who have businesses that have nowhere to go. I mean, I, I, there's a restaurant that, that we go to quite a, quite a lot. They're only allowed at the moment to serve takeaway meals. But he said to me, the owner there, he said, the problem I have is that the government will give me £3,000 a month and the rent on the business is £4,000 a month. So he said, so even if I close the doors, I'm still losing a grand a month, which I just can't afford to do. So 
he has no option but to open. And yeah. I understand that the safety element and, and the fact that we've got to keep everybody safe. But I, I'm not necessarily sure, and I don't want to get political here, but I'm not necessarily sure that it's been thought through to the level where people are going to be okay. And I think it can be devastating in a different way to people who lose their livelihoods at this time. When you think about people who can become seriously ill and potentially lose their life, it's, I wouldn't want to be in the position that the government are in. But, but also, I've got a great deal of sympathy for people who have gone into the Christmas period thinking, look, you know, this is where we, we make the bulk of our profit during the course of the year. I own a pub or a restaurant or, or a cafe or whatever it is, and they're not going to get that. They might never recover from it. I've got a great deal of sympathy for them. It's fine for me to sit in the house. I can handle that. It's the people at the moment that are, that are, that are finding it really, really difficult to, to get through the winter. That, that, that's my big concern. Yeah, it's tough. It really is. Uh, but we can try and cheer them up a little bit today. If they're sat there listening to the podcast, we can at least try. Put a yeah, exactly. exactly. At this time. At, yep. this, at this time. For a start, people are watching. People, we put the clips up as we always do. And you will notice there that Vernon is wearing an Oklahoma jersey. No, Alabama. Alabama jersey. Alabama jersey. There is a 44 Alabama jersey. And that is the Forrest Gump jersey. And I'm going to tell you where he got that from. So I'm, I like to shop. Everybody knows that. It's, 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 it's not a secret. So we were at the Super Bowl in Atlanta. And I went off one day. Um, and I tend to arrive at these events slightly earlier than Vern because he always comes <laughs> on a Formula E event that coincides with the Super Bowl. He has this mad dash into the city and away we go. So I often go, go off and do a little bit of a, a pre-Super Bowl recce. Not in terms of bars or restaurants or where we get the bus to get to the stadium or even the media centre. No, I go and do a recce on where the best shops are. So <laughs> I found this brilliant store, Lids Locker Room, in this shopping mall in Atlanta. And I said to Vern, you've got to go, you've got to go. Vern likes to shop, but what Vern's, Vern's, a, Vern's a strange shopper. Vern doesn't want to shop. And then when he finds the shop he likes, he just goes berserk. But then he'll go in about another 50 shops and never get a thing. But then he'll buy some outrageous item that you think, oh, I didn't think he'd spend that much, but he does. So we walked into this Lids locker room and I, I bought an Eric Dickerson jersey because the Rams were playing the Patriots. I had every intention of wearing it for the Super Bowl. Super Bowl Sunday, Vern says, you can't wear that. So I bought it. I've never worn it since. Vern said, you can't wear that because we might end up somewhere where you in that jersey's not right. So I've got the Dickerson jersey that cost a fair few quid in the wardrobe. Never wore And it's a beauty, by the way, Darren. It is a beauty. But Vern saw that hanging up and he went, I'm going to buy that because I'll wear that. And the evidence is there today that you actually do. <laughs> bought that from Liz Locker in Atlanta and you've got it on. And I'm delighted. And you actually look better than Forrest Gump in it, which I'm delighted at. Well, that, that's a good thing. But I'll, yeah. tell, you what, I'll tell you why I, I like this jersey, right? A, because it, 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 it starts a lot of conversation. Yes. Firstly, people ask me, who's 44 for Alabama? I'm like, well, it's Forrest Gump. And they're like, they look at me like, what? He never played for Alabama. I'm like, yes, he did. Yes, he did. He got a scholarship at Alabama and stayed there for four years. And then he went to the Vietnam War. And they're like, what, 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 you weirdo? I'm like, it's a movie memorabilia piece. And then they go, oh, right, I get it. Yes. Yeah. So the next one on my list, and I've not found one, is a Paul Crew. Mean Machine jersey. Right, okay. But the Burt Reynolds version, the original yes. version. Not the Vinnie Jones. No, <clears throat> I want no. the number 22 Burt Reynolds, who sadly passed away 
think it was last year. But what a movie that is. I think that's in my top three American football movies of all time. It's got to be. Burt Reynolds, who people might not know this, was a, an owner of the Philadelphia Stars, I think it was, in the USFL. And they came to Wembley way back when, before we even had the original American Bowls. And Burt Reynolds, I think, was part of the, the behind-the-scenes ownership group there. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he was certainly part owner of, of an, a USFL team for, for a period of time. Well, I'm going to put this out there, and I don't know whether it's factually correct, but I, I, I like the stat anyway, because I'm sure I've read it somewhere. He used to play college football, and I think he was drafted by the Baltimore Colts. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I, I'm going to give it a quick Wikipedia. In, in fact, we'll hand it over to our exec producer, Simon Cross, who, who I've no doubt will be tapping the keys as we speak, and he'll jump in. After being drafted by the Baltimore Colts, he suffered a career-ending injury and turned instead to drama. Yes, I knew it! I knew like it! I like knew. that. All right, top three Burt Reynolds movies. Oh, Smoking the Bandit 1, Smoking the Bandit 2, Smoking <laughs> the Bandit 3. <laughs> Classic. I've got to go Smoking the Bandit, Boogie Nights. Yeah. And I don't know any more that he was in. Oh, come on, you must do it. I'm going to go with Mean Machine. Oh, Mean Machine. Yeah, of course, Mean Machine. We've been talking about that. Then I'm going to go Smoking the Bandit. Yeah. And then I'm going to go Deliverance. Oh, yeah, that's good. You, you, any, movie the, any movie where the main character is called Dirk Diggler has to get into the list. Yeah, that's a damn good film. And he's good in that as well. And also that, that movie where Demi Moore was a stripper. Was it Striptease? Yeah. Where he plays some weird bloke. That, he was really good in that as well. Anyway, he, he was a Playboy centerfold, I think, for a, for a special edition or something like that. Where he's, there's a famous picture of him in just his cowboy boots. Yeah, that, that's how you get from Forrest Gump to Burt Reynolds in about 35 seconds. That, that, that's quite a talent. That's, that's, yeah, that's and, and newcomers to the podcast, welcome. This is where we go. This is what yeah. we do. We just go hey, let me just say this before we carry on. Last week was astonishing, really, in terms of the number of people that watched the clips and downloaded the podcast. And if you're doing it again this week, based on the fact that you liked it last week, thank you and welcome. And it was really nice for Simon to give us the numbers this week and say, look, this is, this is kind of how many people had a look at what you said last week, and it was really nice. I mean, obviously, it was all about your tales of the castle, which was brilliant. But for people who are listening for the, for the second time, or even the first time, it's not all about the NFL. You know, we don't have a laugh as well. We've got other things going on as well. So it's not just, on fourth down and two, Walter Payton did this. Oh, There's a little bit more to it than that. So. Yeah, yeah. So, American, well, newcomers to this podcast will, will know that American football is, is quite a complex, quite a complex game. There's lots of rules. There's lots of different things that happen on the field at one time. And it, it is stop-start. And yes, it does take three hours. But trust me, once you get into it, it's really, really, really entertaining. And that's why yeah. we are obsessed by it. And if you are new to it, the good news is we don't understand it either. So you're okay here. You're okay. You're in good company here. We're fine. We just enjoy it like you do. Exactly. There are a couple yeah. of things you know that I want to talk to you about today. And we're going to be together on Five Live a little bit later. You're going to join us for the programme, aren't you? Yeah, I am indeed. Yeah, you and Neil, Neil Reynolds, um, and Jack Crawford's going to be on as well. I spoke to Jack last night. He was at Tennessee this year. Um, so we're going to hear from Jack a little bit later on. And then we're going to be on Channel 5 on Monday. So that's going to be great. We've got Christmas jumpers. I'll tell you about that a little bit later on. <laughs> a couple of things we're going to talk about tonight, which I thought we could do on here, because we're going to get a couple of reporters on from the respective areas. 
I was saying to the producer yesterday, I wonder what it's like at the minute to be in New England at this time of year and Tampa Bay. Because New England have won the, the division for 11 years in a row and now they're crap. And they've got Cam Newton instead of Tom Brady. And they, they just, they've never experienced anything like this for so long. There'll be a generation of Patriots fans who don't actually know what this kind of season feels like. So I wonder what it's like there and I wonder what it's like in Tampa, because you're sat there thinking, we're not a great deal different in terms of record from last year. And we thought that Tom Brady was coming in and everything would be all right. And I can't work out whether it's Bruce Arians' fault or whether Brady's not quite what he was. And we've got all these weapons and we should be representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. And there are no guarantees that we're even going to be in the playoffs. So they must be papping it as well in Tampa Bay. They must be really annoyed in New England because it's just garbage. And then in Tampa, they must be thinking this was supposed to, supposed to be the year where we become the first team to play the Super Bowl on our own field. And there's a legitimate chance that they won't even make the playoffs in such an open season. So I'm fascinated, really, what it must be like for those two fan bases at the moment. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And I think in New England, the situation is really, really simple. They've been playing Bill Belichick football for so long. And I don't mean just what goes on on the field because we know he's a great a great 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 manipulator of the sport he knows the rules inside out he can build a playbook for any particular team that they play against and it's successful with the team of coaches that he's got but also what i mean by bill belichick football is the way that he's played free agency in the past the way that they've drafted in the past they've not really paid much attention well they have but they've not paid enough immediate attention into what their long-term goal is because they've always brought people in to supply Tom Brady with the weapons that will make sure that Tom Brady has enough in the armory to make the New England Patriots victorious. And if you look at the way they've drafted and brought in free agents, they've kind of spent a lot of attention on the defense because they know that the offense works well if Brady is supplied with great or average players because Tom Brady was the greatest at the time. And now I think all of that has caught up with them. I think that the Kraft family need to reassess how they approach the income of influx of new players, the way that they draft. And as for Tampa Bay, you and I had this discussion at the end of the season when there were rumours flying around about Tom Brady. We talked about the fact that they've got a pretty good defence. They had a pretty good defence, didn't they? It was, you know, I think they were ranked in the top five Defences yep. at the end of last season. Something like on that. past defence because they were getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Exactly. Jack exactly. Barrett in particular had a, had a huge year. Exactly. And then if you look at the offensive weapons that Tom Brady was walking into, great wide receivers, decent running game, average offensive line, which has kind of played better than people thought it would this season. So what's wrong? And there's been a lot of rumours about the communication and the direction of the offence with Bruce Arians and Tom Brady. I think, Darren that that is a bigger problem than people are made out to believe. Mm. I, I agree. Uh, let me just set the New England point first. I, I was talking to Lauren last night, my wife, and she asked, what are you doing? I said, I'm just working out a few bits for, for the fumble. So she said, oh, she never really asks, you know, because she, she doesn't, she, a lot of the time, she doesn't even realise I'm at work. She just knows I'm not in the house. So she has no interest in sport really at all. But she, I was trying to explain to her last night that we've got this, this team that's been the best team for years and years and years, and now it's all of a sudden it's no good. And they've kind of lost one person. And I was saying it's a bit like Man United. I said Sir Alex Ferguson goes, and they're just they're in this malaise now for a period of time. And 
everything they try and do just seems to go wrong. And it'd be interesting to see whether that happens at, at New England. So she said, well, why does, why does one person make so much difference? Mm. So I said, well, let me give you this as an analogy then. I said, we sit down together and we watch Top Gun, the movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. Tom Cruise is there in the volleyball scene and he's past the tower and Goose has had his accident and all right? You've loved it. I said, the next night, I say to you, let's watch Top Gun 2. And the movie starts and I'm Maverick. And all of a sudden, you're thinking, my God, where's Cruise gone? Fletcher is now Maverick. So the storyline is the same, but everything else has changed by that one person. And, and that is the situation here, isn't it, with New England, that I think you could transplant Tom Brady back into that offense, and that would improve everything. They're probably a 10-win team at least, even with the injuries with Brady in that position. I think the defense would play better because I think it would have belief that the offense can be competitive. So I think Cam Newton's performance is adversely affecting the defense. And I think the general feel would be different too. But it then begs the question, when you look at Tampa, that by transporting him into there, it's not had the impact that you'd expect. When you can turn around and say, well, putting him back into New England would make them play at a playoff level, probably. Putting him into Tampa Bay has not made them, I don't think, as, 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 as significantly better as I thought they would be. All right, well, let me turn that on its head. Okay, let me turn that on its head. Is there a possibility that Tom Brady is too good for the players around him? Do you think that his thoughts and his processes that he goes through when he's talking about football on the field, i.e. the offence, is too, not complex, but do you think it's, 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 it's the way that he operates that is too difficult for other players to comprehend? The fact that he is a winner, the fact that he wants the best, the fact that he wants his receivers to execute certain routes this way, not that way. Do you think it's going to take another season for him to bed in properly at Tampa Bay? I think from a Tampa Bay perspective, they're trying to please everybody. So they still want Chris Godwin to be the deep threat. They still want Mike Evans to be Mike Evans. They've got Rob Gronkowski, but they want to make sure the other tight ends still get the ball. They can't decide who's going to carry it, Leonard Fournette or, or Ronald Jones, when Jones is clearly the better running back for that team. And I think that if they allow Brady to have an offense, there is no Edelman. You know, there is, Mike Evans doesn't want to become Julian Edelman, does he? He wants to be Mike Evans. You're not going to get Mike Evans taking hits down the middle. Right. So I, I think they've got a cast of characters that the Brady team in New England was put together with pieces that fit what he did. Now they're trying, to, they're trying to fit Brady into Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And I think they've got to make the choice whether they're going to make Brady the centrepiece of it, and that might mean upsetting some of the wide receivers, or do they keep the wide receivers as the centrepiece of it and maybe put Brady in a situation where at this age, He's not got the arm and the mobility to make sure that the offense can play that way. And I, I, I think they're caught between, between trying to make everybody happy and ultimately it might cost them big time because they've got the talent there to win a Super Bowl on both sides of the ball. I think if they realize what Brady needs them to be, he can lead them there. All right, Darren. Well, here's one for you. Here's a good analogy, I guess, with the situation in Tampa, but also the situation on the flip side of the coin in New England. Let's take a look at Peyton Manning in Denver. What did John Elway and the Denver Broncos organization do to make sure that Peyton Manning went to two Super Bowls? Let's not forget that. 
Yeah. Peyton Manning joined the Denver Broncos and went to two Super Bowls. All right, yeah. he lost one, but he also won one. What did they do to accommodate the skill set of Peyton Manning? They said to Peyton Manning, sign for Denver and then please install your offense and we'll play that. And everybody will work around you. That's what they did. Um, and and it, it was simple. So and, if and you've it, got a veteran quarterback like Tom Brady, why, don't, why doesn't Bruce Arians just loosen his grip on the reins of the offense and let Brady be Brady? I've no idea. <laughs> so therefore, the answer to our question is, is it Brady or Arians? Yeah. We've kind of simplified it and said, yeah, it seems like it's a Bruce Arians issue. Mm. That's what it seems to me. Just let me. Give me one second, Darren. Bruce is on the phone. He's just oh. ringing. No, I'll just, I'll just go pick it up. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. That was Bruce Arians on the phone. Did he ring and say, Vern, it's me? You're yeah. right. He held up his hands and he said, tell Fletcher to stick to Champions League. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's not the only one. It's, it's nice that he's called. Most people do it on social media. Yeah, yeah. yeah very <laughs> kind of him. I think, I, think, I think he had some dancing lessons last time he was over here uh, in the UK with the Cardinals and, uh, and, and test, give him a number and said, look, if there's any issues next time you're in the UK, just call my husband, we'll sort it out. So there you go. Let's move it on, Vern, because we've got quite a few topics that we need to get through before we finish. But I, I want to pick up on this now. So I could almost hear the hooping and hollering from the Vernon K. Man Cave last weekend when your good friend and former teammate, it always strikes me as odd when I say that, your former teammate, <laughs> um, Effie Abada, did his thing last weekend. I know you want to mention that today because you're so proud of it. Yeah, I've got to mention the fact that FA was, what, two, three yards from scoring a touchdown after a scoop and score on a, 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 a sack by his fellow teammates at the Carolina Panthers. And I tell you what, Darren, Tess thought that one of the kids had fallen into the fire. Uh, the noise that I was making, I was like, I just went ballistic. There's no way I can describe with words the noise that came out of my, of, of my throat, out of my mouth, because... It was just pure elation. It, there were all kinds of noises. And if he hadn't have been tackled, I mean, I thought he was going to make it because he did put out a pretty decent stiff arm. I'll be honest with you. And he's got some pace as old FA or young FA. But uh, I think it just tops his season. You know, I think he's got three, maybe four sacks now on the season. He seems to have fitted into the position that they're playing him in, that he's played more inside than outside this season. And I think he's really coming into his own. And it just goes to show you his work commitment because he didn't go to an American college. He didn't go to an American high school. So he's had to learn the game off the cuff. 
and he's done exceptionally well. And I think the reason why he's, he's a regular on the defence now is because coaches and players alike just love his commitment to the game. They yeah. absolutely love his commitment. And he looks like a legitimate baller now. I think to kind of put this into perspective for people who say, well, what, you know, what is the F.E. Abada backstory? I'm, I'm not going to tell you that today, but I would go and, and Google it and read about it because it's an astonishing journey that the young man went on and is still on. And, and that's, that's kind of a podcast on its own. But it, it, it's well worth doing and you'll read it and go, wow. But in terms of what Vernon's just said about the fact that he didn't go to college in the US and he didn't go to high school in the US, this is a guy that essentially learns to play American football in London with the London Warriors. And he now plays in the NFL. And let me tell you, for anybody wanting some kind of comparison, that is a greater step, a bigger step from a footballer in the UK playing in the National League, you know, the conference below the Football League and then move into the Premier League. The gap is even wider than that. So it's understandable that when FA Abada was initially given his chance, that was only really the start of the journey, that he's had to learn the game then again in the most competitive of environments, both athletically and mentally. There's a lot of work he's had to do. And to actually see him now play as a legitimate NFL player is, is remarkable. And it, is, it always was going to take him time because... The step was ginormous. It's one of the biggest steps you can take. You go from an amateur league to the finest league in the world. And, and that, that basically is, is, is the step that he's taken. It's Sunday morning football to the Premier League or the Champions League. That's what it's not even the conference. It's Sunday morning football into that level. And you imagine that step would be impossible in, in, in England in, in football terms. But that's the step that that young man's made in in NFL terms, and it, it blows you away every time you think about it. And when you see him be as impactful as he was in the game last week, you think, now he's actually one of them. He's now yeah. one of them. He's now legit. Yeah, yeah. He's doing things that we used to see Lawrence Taylor do all those years ago. And Aaron Donald does this kind of thing. Well, F.A. Abada does it too, and well done him. Yeah, absolutely. I think, it, it, you know, you could kind of... There are similarities running with the Jamie Vardy and the Ian Wright story, aren't there? Where they were No, I don't think so. You see, no. Ian Wright went into Crystal Palace and, and didn't go straight in the first team. You know, Wrighty was able to go and learn. And Wrighty, Wrighty had been a really good prospect on the radar of other teams. Right. You know, Jamie was playing for Fleetwood, who were one below the football league. So th this gap's bigger, way bigger. This is this is this is. The centre-back from the dog and duck who's turning up, I mean, had 15 points the night before and has a fag at half-time, then going and playing in the Champions League. That's what it is. That's what it is. Uh, and just to keep uh, my fellow London Warrior teammates happy, not one of us had a cigarette at half-time and we're on 20 pints pre-game. All right? Simple as that. Just that's what it is. That, that's, that's the gap. You know, yeah. I, when I was younger, I played for the Nottingham Caesars here, which is the Nottingham team, right? The London Warriors are in that league. So that's like me. And that is Sunday morning. And, and that is Sunday morning American football. And that's yeah. like me going to play in the NFL. I mean, it's crazy. It's, just, it's yeah. impossible. It's an impossibility. I think you did it. You're never going to play in the NFL. No, not at 36 when I played for the Warriors. <laughs> I think 26, my man, it would have been a different story. Exactly. But also, I think with everything that the NFL UK office have set up with the new academy that's been going for a full year now, it gives those guys hope 
that they too can make it into the NFL because they've got the same coaches, they've got the same work mentality that's been driven into them that FA had. So it's up to them to take the baton and run with it, you know. And I think that FA has, has been, he's been a breakthrough. He really has. And he's learned a lot. And everyone's learned a lot around him in how you can get someone in the NFL from the UK. You know, how you coach someone, specifics and the, the, the fundamental elements of the game, which they are then a transferable skill into the first team of the Carolina Panthers. It's all yeah. a massive, massive learning curve for players and coaches in the NFL UK office. What I'd say as well is to, to kind of emphasise just how well he's done and just how far he's had to go. If you think that Christian Wade, who was an, an international for England at Rugby Union, and had a lot of the natural ability that you would need an NFL running back to have. He's a British and Irish lion. Right, but he can't crack the active roster. He's a practice squad player, so he's a reserve to all intents and purposes with the background that he's got. You know, this is a kid that was living on the streets of London who found a home in, with, with the London Warriors, and he is now a legitimate NFL player, and he had none of that. He's got there on, on, on God-given ability sheer bloody-mindedness and hard work. He's made yeah. himself that, that person. And he didn't have, and I'm not, I'm not being disrespectful here to Christian, but he didn't have anything like the background that Christian Wade had, the skill set, the opportunities that he was given before he got there, all of the nutrition and, and physical um, preparation and work that, 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 was, that was given to him, the expertise that turned him into a British and Irish lion. This guy had none of that. He's a street kid playing in the NFL. And it, it's, it's mind-blowing. And it, it will never be, because it's Effie Abada to, to, to the NFL, it will never be told. But you can, imagine, you can imagine what the story would be if it was, you know, the dog and duck centre-back playing for Liverpool. It'd be a Hollywood movie. And this should be a Hollywood movie. And maybe one day it will be, but it's brilliant. Huh? I, I tell you what, I, I also, we're going to listen to him tonight on... on Five line. I spoke to Jack Crawford last night. Um, they said, oh, can you interview at half past ten? I said, no, I'm going to bed. <laughs> and he just finished practice. So I said, all right, okay, I'll, I'll speak to Jack at half past ten. And he was great. He was great because obviously he's at Tennessee these days. And he's another one, isn't he? You know, Jack's kind of gone there and, and done it the hard way. And he's now a legitimate NFL player. You know, he's been on some big teams. And he's, he's on a team this year that, that could potentially represent the AFC in the Super Bowl, you know, he's rubbing shoulders with Ryan Tannehill and Derek Henry and A.J. Brown and Jadavian Clowney, and he's got Mike Vrabel as his, as his head coach. And he, he's, he, he was, um, you know, we'll hear from me later, but again, you know, what a lovely guy, you know, and he's, he's, he's gone over there and he, he's had to do it the hard way. One thing I noticed, I, I was fortunate enough, or I have been fortunate enough, to go and watch F.A. in training camp, but when he was at the Dallas Cowboys. So on that roster at the time, I went over to L.A. specifically to watch we had F.A., we had Jack, and we had Adam Durdy, who was an intern coach with the Dallas Cowboys. And all three of them had one thing in common. And it really is simple if you can get your head around it and commit and dedicate yourself to work hard. Mm. Both our guys, Jack and F.A., were the ones that were sweating the most. They were the ones that did extra reps. They were the ones that looked leaner. Those were the one, they were the guys that were running faster. Those were the guys who would go and get the ball when it fell on the floor instead of having one of the, the, the assistant coaches pick it up. They just grafted. And it was obvious. It was obvious. You know, you might not recognize their number at the time watching the Cowboys because you were looking for the stars. 
but they stood out on the field because they grafted. Jack came off the field and he was literally a fountain of sweat. I've never seen anything like it. And he didn't have the energy to talk. He just raised his hand, give me a nod, you're right, Vern, and walked off. Do you know what I mean? And FA was the same. And, it, and that's what they've all got in common. Adam is not the assistant linebackers coach at the Atlanta Falcons because he's British. He's there because he's proven to the Americans that he can work equally as hard, if not harder, and get the job done. Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah. You know, if you join us on Five Live later from nine o'clock, you will hear from Jack Crawford. I don't want to give too much away because it, 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 it's an interesting listen. But one thing I was really keen to talk to you about was, was Derek Henry, who I think at the minute is my favourite NFL player. Oh, absolutely. Because I think he could play in any era. Um, and he, I've got some numbers at the minute, and he, he's part of that. But I said to him, well, I'll give you one of the numbers now because it kind of goes into the story. He's got 1,532 rushing yards at the minute, just coming off 215. Yeah, just coming off 215 last week. So he's got three games to go. So he's got a legitimate chance to get to 2,000 yards, which is a magical figure for an NFL running back. You know, it happens once in a blue moon. I think it's OJ Simpson and Eric Dickerson are the two players to get to that total in NFL history. I'm not sure whether Jamal Lewis did it as well. He was really close. He might well have got there too with the Ravens. But I said to Jack last night, there's a lot of talk at the minute about Derrick Henry being the MVP um, because of, of the numbers he's putting up as a running back for, for Tennessee on a really good team. I said, but I would, I would think that 2,000 yards would mean more to him because that then includes his offensive line. And that's something not many... And he said, exactly. He said, all of the talk in our locker room at the minute is to get to Derek to 2,000 yards because <laughs> the linemen want to be the five guys that blocked for a running back that got to 2,000 yards. The MVP's great. That's Derek's award if he gets it. But Derek would sooner share it with the line as well. You can't say, oh, we're all MVPs, because you're not. Derrick Henry's the MVP. But if they get to 2,000 yards, all of them did that. And, and that's their focus now. They're not bothered about the MVP as much. That would be nice. But the talk in the locker room with the coaches as well, the coaches are all really? saying 2,000 yards. You've all done that. you know, Because the coaches, too, would be able to have reflective glory on that, that they've put the game plan together to get him there. The offensive line of block for him. You know, Ryan Tannehill's no one, it's, there's no one, it's the right time to, to change the play from a pass to a run. And Derek Henry has then shredded the defense. So it's a little bit of insight into the, the Tennessee locker room that at the minute they're not thinking MVP, they're thinking Super Bowl and they're thinking 2,000 yards for Derek so that everybody can enjoy that. Wow. Did, it, did he give you any, any insight as to what he's like as a person, Derek Henry? Seems like a nice bloke. Yeah, yeah, he, he just kind of said he's great. He said, but what I will tell you is that we only get to see a fraction of what he's got on the practice field. Right. Derek Henry never is Derek Henry on the practice field. That he saves that for Sunday. Yeah. He said, so we get to see a little part of it. But on a Sunday, he becomes Derek Henry. So he's probably going half pace, three-quarter pace during the week. So he's not literally running down the practice field with Jack Crawford hanging off him like he does <laughs> on a Sunday. Um, but, but no, he, he was, I think the, thing, the difficulty as well is when he, whenever you speak to a defensive player in the NFL and you say, what's one of the offensive guys like? They don't really see each other until they stand next to each other on the sideline on a Sunday because yeah. they're in opposite meeting rooms. They don't, in the facility, they kind of pass in the weight room and that's it. It's not like a football team in England where the right back sits next to the left winger and the centre forwards and they all get checked. Over there, they're in units, aren't they? So they yeah. don't. I always find it awkward to say, what's he like on offense? And he said, well, I don't really know. I don't really see him. You know, so 
but yeah, he, he was he was um, he was waxing lyrical about the big man in the backfield. Nice, I love that. And and ever since we saw him at Alabama, you just knew he did have an, a, a tricky couple of seasons at the beginning of his career, Derek Henry, because I don't think he fitted into the offense that they were running at the time. Mm. And he was kind of all, oh, please don't be a bust, because he, he's a, a running back who's built completely different to everyone else. Barry Sanders was small, he was squat, he was stocky. Derek Henry runs high. He's not the kind of guy who's got low hips. You know, he's just big, powerful, an upright runner that's just a man-mounted moving down the field. Yeah, the, the closest person I can get to with him, I'll give you two. I'll give you one if you're an NFL fan that's been around a while. And you've got 44 on there on the Alabama jersey, but the fellow that used to wear 44 for the Washington Redskins when we first started watching back in the 80s was a guy called John Riggins. And they called him the Diesel. And he ran very similarly to, to Derrick Henry. Mm. There was... You could have Marshawn Lynch was similar too, but Marshawn didn't have the breakaway speed that Derrick Henry has got. Marshawn could drag tacklers ten yards down the field, but it was unlikely he was going to break one for seventy-five yards. That we see Derrick do on more than one occasion. The other person that I would liken him to is Jonah Lomu. Yeah, when Jonah was 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 on the wing for the All Blacks, in terms of size, speed. That yeah. combination of being able to do that, because Jonah wasn't just a runaway truck, he was also elusive. And when you look at Derrick Henry, he is. And you never see him get caught from behind for the size of it. You think, well, the, the smaller defensive backs are going to chase him down, but he runs away from them. I think Jonah Lomo is a really good comparison to, to Derrick Henry in the NFL. Yeah, that's a really, really good show. And I think... John Riggins lowered his shoulder more than Derrick Henry. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so Derrick Henry, he is that upright runner who just uses brute force and strength to just drag people down the field. He, he's an absolute joy to watch. And I think uh, he, he's, as, as people talk down the running game in the NFL, you know, they devalue running backs. And we've talked about this in previous podcasts where actually a running back is, is actually more valuable and, and they, they don't get as much credit as they deserve. But I think Derek Henry is that kind of running back who it's good to see because he is massive. You know, he is huge. He doesn't have that lean physical presence that the majority of running backs in the NFL have. He's a big, big bloke and he can run fast. And he's one of those guys that only come around every now and again. And they only come around every now and again because they know how to use their skill set. We've had big running backs in the past, but they've not been able to be as quick on their feet or as nimble as Derrick Henry is. To be honest, Vernon, Tennessee have had one. You know, Eddie George was very similar in the way that he ran. You know, Eddie George was a similar guy. And I speak to Rocky Boyman about Eddie George, and he's got some really interesting stories about him. Um, But he was very similar, wasn't he, in the way that... In the way that he ran, in the way that he ran, I've just seen Simon Cross pulling a face there in the top corner, which made me giggle. Um, right, another running back, um, and this is one for, for Jags fans out there, and there are a lot. Crossy does a great program, by the way, for for the NFL, which is a show on Sky about the Jaguars. So if you've not seen that, have a look. A lot of people are watching it. They've got a running back called James Robinson, haven't they? Um, who's got one thousand three hundred and sixty-one yards so far this season, with three games to go, which is the most ever. In the draft era, and that goes back to 1967, for an undrafted running back in a single season. So he's going to set a mark this year 
You know, he's going to get to 1,500 yards plus, isn't he? It's the most that an undrafted free agent running back has ever had in a single season. So, well done to James Robinson of the Jacksonville Jaguars. It looked like they might have unearthed a superstar there, and they didn't even need to waste the draft pick on him. Um, this was nice. Again, it's, it's a running statistic. Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders both went over 100 yards against the New Orleans Saints last week in the same game. The Saints hadn't allowed a 100-yard rusher in 50 games before that. Wow! And two of them, the quarterback and the running back, both went over 100 in the same game. Wow, that's a good stat, Darren. I love that. Yeah, yeah. You'll like this one as well. The Rams are 34-0 when leading at half-time under Sean McVeigh. Woo! Never lost under Sean McVeigh, and they got the lead at half-time. Wow. Yeah. And this was the one that did me. So we know it's a different season and we know that home field advantage in the Premier League has gone. The win-loss record for home teams after week 14 was... Hang on, hang on, explain that. The win-loss record for home teams. Yeah. So if yeah. you're playing at home, your win-loss record, yeah. Is yeah. that right? So, yeah. So of home matches in the NFL this season. Yeah. Home teams have won 103. Yeah. Lost 103, and there have been one tie. <clears throat> so home field advantage doesn't really matter. Doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. The no, I mean that that's a hell of a sample size. That's 207 games. So that's a hell of a sample size. So home field advantage doesn't exist. So going into the playoffs, you haven't got to worry about it. And Jack Crawford said to me last night because I gave him those numbers, and he said playing on the road is so easy. He said, there is no crowd. He said, it's fine. He said, the dimensions of the field are the same everywhere. He said, so there's no crowd. He said, so it's easy. He said, we don't mind playing on the road. It's great. Wow. 103-1 after week 14. And how, let me go back to Jack Crawford. Was he in good spirits? Was he, was he confident of the season and, and everything that he's achieved at, at, at Tennessee? Yeah. yeah, he was great. And, and I said to him, um, is the mindset a little bit different last year? Because we didn't see that deep playoff run. You surprised everybody last year. You know, beat teams you weren't expected to beat. And he said, well, I can't really speak about that because I was in Atlanta. He said, but the focus this year has all been about the Super Bowl. So, you know, they've obviously looked at that last year and thought we, we nearly got there. You know, we had the lead against Kansas City in Arrowhead. And you wonder whether the Chiefs will turn it around like that this year without the home crowd in, which is interesting when you think about those numbers. Mm. But he said this year the focus has all been on, you know, winning the Super Bowl and getting there. And, and that's... So they're up, that, that's, that's their focus. You know, they're not thinking, oh, we might. They're thinking, that's what it's all about. That's why we're here. That's why we've that. come to work. I love that. There's yeah. no point competing if you don't think of the end goal. No, no. Couple more bits before we go, and I'm saving the best till last. We're on Channel 5 on Monday night again, aren't we? <laughs> we are. And I have got some set dressing for you, Darren Fletcher. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I went all out last time, but this yeah. time it's, it's special. Is it? So one Monday night, we've got the, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that. Um, but we've got to wear Christmas jumpers too. So the, the NFL called and said, would you mind wearing a Christmas jumper for the Monday night? Everybody else is doing it. So I said, I haven't got one. So they said, all right. So I said, look, I said, I will, right, on two conditions. So I said to Hannah, in the NFL office, I've got two conditions. I said, one, it's a Bears jumper. And two, it fits. <laughs> so she 
message back saying there are no bears jumpers Ugh. and we have limited sizes <laughs> <laughs> so both criteria were missed out on so she said look these are the teams you can have because um, I said I'm going to need a medium I said anything bigger than that it'll 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 bury me so she said I'm just going to find the message so I can quote her properly because I don't want to be sued for this <laughs> she, said, she said the teams left in medium are Patriots, Rams, Chiefs, Jets, Jags, and Broncos. So I said, well, I'll go Chiefs then, even though it's horrendous, like this awful yellow and red. It's terrible, right? I'll go, so at least they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. So she said, just check, that's now gone as well. There are no medium in that either. So I'm then down to Rams, Pats, Jets, Jags, Broncos. See, you can't wear a Patriots top. That's like, not doing that. No. No chance. Then I'm thinking, there's nowhere where a Jets top. Because they're diabolical. Jags, no good either. Broncos have become nondescript, haven't they? Yeah, I know, see, the Broncos, bizarrely, is a retro team. Yeah, but then I'm thinking, if I wear a Rams jumper, I like, because I'm Nottingham and I'm Forest, that's Derby. Yes, very true. But in the end, that was the only choice for him. Right. But so it looked like the, yeah, it looks like the Leeds United badge. It's shocking when you see it. She said, look, they are terrible. Everybody's acknowledged that they aren't very good, these. So I'm going to look a complete clown in this jumper. But what I did say to her was, I said, the Ravens one's not bad. It's like a purpley colour with a big Ravens head on it. I said, send me one of that. She said, but I've only got large. I said, OK. So I'll get it back last night. Get this. They arrived yesterday. Put this Ravens jumper on. It buries me, Vern. It's like wearing a sack. Right? <laughs> so I said, right. So I get it on a 60-degree wash in the washing machine. No. And then banged it on high on the tumble dryer. <laughs> Mate, fits me like a glove. I've managed to shrink it down yesterday. I'm surprised the, it doesn't fit the dog. No, no, well, I, I kept checking it. I was going in because I thought one stage, you only put a crisp, the old crisp pack, he used to put them in the oven and he used to shrink like that. Yeah. I thought if I, if I leave it too long, it's going to be like a glove, not fit me like a glove. It's going to be like a glove. Yeah. So I got it out in the nick of time, kept trying it on and then put it back in for a bit longer and try it on a bit longer. And I got it, it fit. So I think I'm going to go Baltimore Ravens now. I think I've saved me bacon on Monday night. I think I'm going to be Vol but I did say to Hannah, she said, oh, will you, will you ask Vern? She used the excuse she'd not got your number. But I think she was a little bit wary about asking you whether you were a Christmas jumper. So I'm going to tell everybody. I said to Vern, look, do you mind sticking a Christmas jumper on for Channel 5? And he said, yeah. He said, I've got one. So I said, all right, well, which one have you got? And he said, um, I've got a Bears one. I went, oh, great. So I'm thinking, great, I've got a Rams and a bloody Ravens, one, one that doesn't fit me. He's got the Bears one. He said, yeah. It's in a bag in the loft in our Christmas jumper bag. So you actually have a Christmas jumper bag in your yeah. loft. And I, I kind of relayed this to Hannah. I said, not only has he got a, a bear's jumper, Hannah, he's got a Christmas jumper bag in the loft. You must be the only person I know that has an entire bag of Christmas jumpers, Vernon Kay. Well, I've been to so many office twos in the past. That, and, and you know me, I'm a hoarder. I don't throw anything out. I don't throw anything out. So we must have a bag, and it's one of those big uh, laundry bags. You know the big stripy bag that you get in the, la in the laundry. Yeah. 
I've got one of them full of Christmas jumpers that I've collected over the past 20 years. And there's a good selection of Christmas jumpers in there, Darren, with hats, by the way. Right. With Christmas right. hats. So I will be wearing a Christmas hat as well as a Christmas jumper on Monday Night Football on Channel 5. Yeah. And, 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 and we had such a good time last night that I'm really looking forward to it. I know, I know the routine now. I know a little, little nap beforehand, then we get cracking and we move on. Yeah, so we're looking forward to that. So you can join us on Monday and see, see us in our Christmas jumpers. You can decide for yourself whether I've shrunk the red of the jumper, whether it fits properly. And are uh, we going to be on? Are we going to be on with Matt Money? Matt Money, or uh, are, I, don't are we gonna, I don't know whether it's Matt or whether it's going to be MJD. Kirsten will be there again, won't she? But I don't know whether yeah. it's going to be. It'd be nice to meet Maurice Jones Drew. Never met him before, have you? Yes, I interviewed him on the stage at Wembley. And, and he walked on, and I thought, this is the first time that I'm going to interview a block of granite live. <laughs> this man walked on the stage, and he looked short. He, he, bizarrely, looks even shorter in real life. Wow. And on comes Maurice Jones-Drew, who literally, his shoulders are as wide as his height. Nowhere. Yeah, he's how, how you could tackle him, I've got no idea. Because but he was like a bowling ball, wasn't he, when he played? Yeah. Because you're thinking low centre of gravity. The thighs on him, Vern, the legs on him, dear God. So he's got these massive thighs and then these shoulders. And you just think, how do you tackle him? Because he's so small and big at the same time. And what a lovely fella. Great guy. Absolutely great guy. Really, really nice fella. So, yeah, so hopefully MJD will be on there that night. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That should be good. So what, what time are we on, Darren? You tell me. Early hours. Yeah, well, leave it at that. Oh, well, and we're probably on before Britain's best bridges, was it? That was last time, Britain's best bridges. Right. I might actually have a look in a minute on the planet, see what follows us this week. Because they were stunned to know it was Britain's best bridges last it's time. Probably Britain's favourite motorway or something like that. Yeah, I'm going to do it now. I've got to tell you in the office. I'm going to stick it on now and I'm going to find out on Monday night after we finish what the, uh, the programme is. And if, it, if it's Britain's best bridges again, then I think in the future we need to try and get involved in that programme too. Let me have a look. Monday night we are, Channel 4, aren't we? Channel 5. Yeah. Okay, so let's whiz it on tomorrow, Sunday. Monday, here we go. Right, Channel 5. I better see what's on. Oh, so before us, Vern. Well, this is quite appropriate for you and I. Go on. The programme that precedes us on Monday night is when classic comedy goes horribly wrong, <laughs> which we've tried on more than one occasion. Then it's live Monday night football. Yeah. But we don't get a mention. Right. In the thing. And okay. then after us, Britain's Greatest Bridges is on again. Documentary series, Rob Bell tells the story behind the design and construction of Brunel's Clifton Suspension Bridge over the Avon Gorge at Bristol. It's a pretty big one. It's a good one. Yeah. And then we go Wildlife SOS That's straight after that. If you're needing to come down after your high, if you're a Cincinnati Bengals fan and you just can't sleep, that's what you've got straight after. So, so you go from Fletch, Vern, and uh, the, the, the cast of characters over in LA. Then you go to Brunel, yeah. one of the world's most famous engineers from yeah. back in the day. And then you go to Wildlife. Yes. Uh, it's quite, quite, quite a lineup on Channel 5 on Monday night. And when you think before that, you go from when comedy goes horribly wrong. Kind of set us up. To, to when comedy goes horribly wrong with you and I. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go so that's Monday night on Channel 5 right we, we've to join us please Christmas jumpers and all that kind of stuff um, we've saved the best till last you are out 
in fantasy. You're out. So, yeah, I got done by the Rams defence. 21 points at the weekend on Thursday night football, it was. Uh, and that's what set me up for a defeat. I had a shocker with uh, a couple of my players who scored minimal points, which was disappointing. But I'm out. I had a decent run. I thought I'd put a, a, a pretty solid team together, to be honest with you. But it just wasn't enough because I struggled with a second running back and a second wide receiver this season. So there's a lesson learned. Yeah. Now, I'm in the semis this week because I got the bye, didn't I? Yeah. But I've got a real problem here because I've got Marquise Brown of the Baltimore Ravens who's playing Jacksonville with COVID. I've got George Kittle, Joe Mixon and Kenny Golladay out. And anybody yeah. who plays fantasy will know that Kittle is one or two in the tight end. Joe Mixon's a, a top 10 pick, first round pick as a running back. Kenny Golladay's one of the better wide receivers. So I've got four players missing. So I'm playing Layla Lyons who beat you. So there's a bit of revenge in the air. I'm going to try and do it. He's got a 56% chance to win as it stands on the, on the thing. He's projected to get 98.3 and I'm supposed to get 86.5. But I've really thrown this team together. I have to be really inventive this week. Well, your bench is phenomenal. Or your injured reserve list. No, I know. It's crackers. It's crackers. So I've got Lamar Jackson starting. My running backs, mate, if I win, this is crackers. Zach Moss of Buffalo and Jeff Wilson of the 49 I coughed this morning. I coughed out loud when I saw that because yeah. I thought there is no way Darren Fletcher would have imagined finishing the season with those two running backs. Right. <laughs> then I've got Terry McLaurin, Robbie Anderson and Marvin Jones as the wide receivers. Jared Cook as the tight end. Wow. Cleveland defence and then me kicker. Yeah. I'm not that confident, Darren. I'll be honest with you. No, I'm not. I'm not. If, if I win this, it's going to be one of the great upsets. It and really I've got is. the best record in the league, but it's all those players. If, put it this way. If my team this weekend was Lamar Jackson, Joe Mixon, and then those receivers, you know, Terry McLaurin, Kenny Golladay, I mean, I'd be flying. Yeah. What I'm hoping for, though, I've picked up Benny Snell of the Steelers. Nice. James Connor's not practising. Oh, is he not? I've got no. Connor in there. Right. Like, so if they rule Connor out, then Benny Snell becomes the main back. And the thing with Jeff Wilson, I think they're about to rule Raheem Mostert out as well. Uh -huh. So Jeff Wilson becomes number one in San Francisco and Benny Snell could become number one in Pittsburgh. And then straight away, I could have two starting backs, which would change that a lot. Yeah, you never know. Well, we'll wait and see. It'd be quite interesting to, to watch that one, Darren, on, on Sunday yeah. night. I've left this till last. And... I didn't know whether to raise it or not. Lauren said I shouldn't. And Crossy didn't even know I'm going to say it. But I'm going to anyway, because if, if you react badly, Crossy can edit it out. Nah. And we can just record an end. Yeah, yeah. But I was mortified last night, Ben. Oh, go on. If, I, if, if I'm honest. So, I was watching a combination of the Man United-Sheffield United match on Amazon Prime. They've done a really good job this week on the coverage, by the way. Really enjoyed it. I, I was watching Ronnie O'Sullivan in the snooker. Love watching Ronnie O'Sullivan. Anyway, my son Luca and my wife were watching um, Gordon, Gino and Fred go to Lapland or where it was, Discover Christmas. Right? Yeah. I'm watching that. Well, I'd finished. I wandered in. And there they are. They're drinking vodka. They're in a sauna. All this kind of stuff. And then they went to see Santa. Right. So they sat in, in there in the Santa. Gino's FaceTimed his daughter who's told Santa what she wants for Christmas. She wants a pocket camera and all this. Right. So Gino then says to Santa, 
I've got a present for you. And what did Santa open? Live on television. Go on. A Gino Di Campo interactive Family Fortunes game. Oh, God bless him. And I'm thinking to myself, Santa's looking at this thinking, where's the woman Vernon Kaylee? He didn't want that one. You could tell in his eyes. You could tell in Santa's eyes. He was thinking, what's this? You know what, Darren? Sometimes the, 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 the tide of entertainment turns. And after having or owning the record of the most popular interactive DVD for several years in a row with the old Family Fortunes game, it's time to hand the mantle over. I've never seen Santa as pissed off at Christmas. He looked at it, but he looked at that and he was thinking, where is the main man on this box? Oh, bless him. Well, do you know what? I hope it serves Gino well. Because it served me well for quite some time, the old interactive DVD, courtesy of Family Fortunes. So I doff my cap. Gino, that bad boy is all yours, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> but that means that there'll be quite a few left in a bargain bucket near you, ladies and gentlemen. And if you want to help the K fund, the K uh, charity, then please dive in. I think it's two ninety nine now. Is it two ninety nine? Oh, it did, did tickle me. I've got to be honest. It's very funny. It a shout out to the television. That's not legitimate. That's not real. Gino, Gordon and Fred show is basically ITV's equivalent of Top Gear. Isn't yes. It's Top Gear with a bit of nudity, though. Do they cook in it? Do they do any chefing? Yes, yeah, Gordon does, yeah. Gordon, right. Gordon basically tells the other two that they're crap and that he's a good cook, a better cook than them. So he makes the stuff right. and uses them as assistants, really. Right. And if they so cook anything, he just batters it. So is it, is it the same, generally the same premise as Top Gear, where the thread is cars, but they don't really talk about cars? No, no cars. No, no, no cars. They're in a camper van. No, I know. But what I'm saying is it's the equivalent, isn't it? So the two run parallel. It's three, both of them have three blokes. Yes. And the main thread for Top Gear is cars. The main thread for Gino, Gordon and place. Fred is, is what? The place. Oh, is it? Yeah, so like they did America. So they went from oh, okay. went all over America in this camper van. And then... It's not really a cooking show, is it not? Well, they do, they do go to places and taste things and that, so they do a bit of that. So especially in the US, that was great. Right. This one, they've just gone to Lapland, so they've been supping vodka. Oh, okay. And they, they're like cooking. They, 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 I tell you what's brilliant, right? You, you've never tried this. I, I've never known it existed. So they go into this bar, right? And they're, 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 they're all tipsy because they've been trying all the local vodkas. And the fellow behind the bar says, now you've got to go in the sauna. Which has to be like the worst thing. If, you, if you're steaming on vodka, the last thing you need to do is go in the sauna. So the bloke said, and you, you take this with you. It's like a toilet roll. Right. And he said, what do you do with that? And the fella said, you put your sausage in it. So I'm thinking, where are we going with this? You know. But they give you a sausage. A proper sausage. Right. And you cook the sausage in this holder whilst in the sauna. And the sausage, while you're sat there in the sauna with your towel on, the sausage cooks in this toilet roll. And then you can eat the sausage when it's cooked in the sauna. Well, right, okay, I'm with you. Imagine what that does to your actual sausage. I know, so they do things like that. Right. Okay. You put one of these toilet roll holders around it, that's for sure, because it's been a right mess. <laughs> so they've got these great big sausages that look quite phallic, actually, when you see it. Right. And they, they were cooking them in this sauna and then eating them. Having oh, had about 15 vodkas. Wow. <laughs> I've not actually seen it. I'll have to tune in because I, I, I did actually, 
joking aside, I did send Gino a message when I found out that he'd got the gig, the Family Fortunes gig, and I wished him all the very best because that's what Les Dennis did to me. Right. He, he left a message and said, you know, I'm handing over the, 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 the baton because uh, Bob Monkhouse did the same to me. So he kind of kept the baton going, the relay. Uh, and he loved it. He really appreciated it. And, you know, it's only, it's only telling, isn't it, at the end of the day? Yeah. But Merry Christmas, Gino. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed the sausage. Well, there you go. Uh, from, from sausage in a sauna to uh, two fools that are going to be on Monday Night Football on Channel 5 uh, this week, this coming week. Darren, as always, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, I thought you were going to say from the sausage in a sauna to two pullets in Christmas jumpers. That was about the same thing. That's about the same thing. No, we're going to be good. Looking forward to Monday. Looking forward to tonight. Join us tonight. Cross you'll get the podcast out. So if you're listening on your way home, this is Friday. We're on from nine o'clock tonight. Myself and Vern, Neil Reynolds, Jack Crawford. We're going to be talking NFL for half an hour on Five Live. And then we're going to be on, the, on Channel 5 on Monday night for the Steelers against the Bengals in our Christmas jumpers with our friends from across the pond. We're looking forward yeah. to it. Yeah, it's going to be good. As always, this has been a Shooting Shark production from myself, Vernon Kay, and the one and only Darren Fletcher. We will see you next week when it will be Christmas week. Yay! Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.